On today's episode of the Mike on the Mike podcast, we talk Kansas basketball with Sean Goodwin. We tell you everything you need to know about the Kansas basketball team thus far. We talk some Billy Preston, Silvio D'Souza, and what to expect in the weeks coming up. Stay tuned. Alrighty, I am here with my fellow Kansan sports correspondent, Sean Goodwin. Sean, how are you doing today? You know, I'm surviving. Um, as you can tell by my voice, I'm on the edge of death, but life is going great, let me tell you. I'd love to hear that. Life is also going great for a lot of Kansas basketball fans, and that's why today we have the specific Kansas basketball podcast. We're going to be talking about all things Kansas basketball. And let's start off, Kansas played really well against Toledo on Tuesday, they won 96 to 58. What were some of your impressions of that game? You know, um, as for the Toledo game, uh, I mean, it helps with uh, Toledo. They're ridiculous amounts of turnovers during the game. I think it was like 14 in the first half alone, something like that. That always helps. But um, again, Kansas just showing they can shoot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've been showing it all season now. I think now coming handy against Syracuse, if we talk about that later in the podcast. Uh, but, you know, they went on a 32-3 run. Um, but for, it's been a couple of years now, but we, we're definitely seeing a Kansas team that can primarily shoot. Yeah, I think that's something very interesting to look at with this Kansas roster. It's a lot different than the usual Bill Self, high-low, Landon Lucas, Perry Ellis, getting the two bigs in there. Now it's really a four-guard setup with Yudoka, who's basically a man and a half, you know, down low. And I really like the team. They they play a lot like, I feel like, the Warriors in a way. And I'm not saying that because I'm just a Warriors fan, but I feel like just the way that they play with a lot of space. They do have Yudoka, which is something that the Warriors really don't have, a big center that can score. But I really like how fast they've been playing and how athletic everybody really seems to be. Yeah, you know, in the past... Bill Self hasn't actually preferred his two big three guards kind of system. And last year, it was a four guards. We're seeing again this year playing very small. Um, but even then, typically, you know, I think KU are going to have to play small this year, especially, you know, if Billy Preston doesn't come back. Sure. Um, and that's obviously why we've seen it so far. But uh, even last year, yeah, Josh Jackson, he was on 6 8, very athletic, you know. He may be playing four guards, books. You know that fourth guard is still a big human being. Yeah, um, which is you know still Bill Self kind of sticking to his own philosophies. Sure, I think he's definitely in the way that they run everything. They still definitely do use the high low. It's just more of having a more athletic person like Josh Jackson last year, mm-hmm. and you're seeing kind of Svee a little bit and Legerald kind of taking over that that kind of big guard role and I guess let's kind of get into Billy Preston and what's been happening with him um, for those that don't know he had a so before one of the games he missed curfew and didn't go to class the next day so he was benched for that game which I believe was actually the first it was game of the mm-hmm. season against Tennessee State um, and then it came out later that he had a single car accident mm-hmm. right and then right before the Kentucky game, 
everybody was shocked to hear that he wouldn't play because they were delving into the financials. What do you think is going on with this whole thing, and is this something Kansas fans should be worrying about? It's hard to say at this point. I mean, I've been seeing Bill Self in his press conferences, interviewing him three, four times a week, and he's really keeping his lips shut on this whole situation. Um, as you mentioned, it was a single car incident. Um, lots of details what it actually is. But even at the press conference today, what he described it as was um, while there's no significant progress to report, it's not like nothing's happening. He said, um, say like your car breaks down. It's not like the car is still, you know, where it originally was. Like it's being towed, it's being moved. Like things are happening. It's just nothing significant has happened yet. But from the way he made it sound, he was like, yeah, we won't, we won't hear anything in the next one to two days. So if you want to read into that, maybe something's coming soon. But, I mean, Bill Self has been like that for a couple of weeks now, so it's all up in the air at this point. I, even from, you know, reporting on the basketball team, can't really tell you if it's something Kay should be concerned about for his playing time, uh, just because, I mean, <laughs> we don't know much ourselves. Um, heading into the season from the rest of the team, if he can't play, then yes, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But you've got this, the whole situation with depth. Yeah, and so should Kansas, coming up, there's a Syracuse game this Saturday, and then they play Washington, I believe it's on Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday. on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then Arizona mm-hmm. State four days later um, on that Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a pretty important slate of games. Syracuse isn't exactly a great team, and Washington is far from a good team also. Mm-hmm. But Arizona State, they're ranked 20th right now, and I, I really like their team actually so should kansas be afraid that billy preston won't play for this slate of games or should we be concerned about the whole season being at risk for him i don't think he'll play this slate of games um things aren't happening or developing fast enough i think even if you know a revelation comes out and the public finally know what's going on i still think there'll be repercussions after the fact um so even if you know it came out over the weekend, like oh, so and so happens, I still don't think he'd be playing this slate of games. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be after the Christmas period at sure. least when Big Twelve plays stocks. If he's to come back, that's when it'll be. Yeah, and this isn't so. What I'm about to say is not. I did not come up with this theory at all. It was one, one of my friends kind of pointing this out to me, and I I connected the dots. If you think about it in a very broad sense and like just blanket over this the kansas program is going through some stuff with the whatever's happening with adidas Mm -hmm. there's stuff going over everyone's head that's kind of just looming over and then all of a sudden we have this thing where billy preston gets in a car accident it's not you know he's fine he's not nothing's bad had really happened the car i don't believe was totaled but now all of a sudden they're delving into the financial aspect Mm -hmm. of it i don't and it, it makes sense if you think about it. That car is not Billy Preston's. Oh, yeah. I mean, you actually the whole... Because it goes back to the NCAA rule where students can't profit or benefit, you know, off receiving gifts just because they're an athlete. And I think that's where a large part of the problem is coming from, whether he's been given a car or the car he totals was repaired for free. I think that's 
originally what I thought the whole situation kind of evolved around. Um, but I mean, if you have your Adidas uh, conspiracy theory here. I mean, it's not really Adidas. It's more of just the fact that that car was not bought with his own money and it was given to him by possibly someone else. Yeah. And I've read, I, I, I don't remember where I read this and it's not credible at all, but I read that he, that the Kansas Athletic Department called the dealership and the dealership said, we don't want to have anything to do with this. Did you read that too, or what do you think? That's the first I've heard of that. Um, I think... I mean, yeah, that's suspicious in and of itself. If they wanted to end it, you know, there and then, they can yeah. just show the records. Like, this is how the car was bought. Yeah. While well, they're not trying to get involved. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, so let's move on from that. From so far this season, we're couple games in Kansas has looked really good they've not played any really solid opponents what's one player that you say that's really surprised you this year whether it be you know a freshman like Marcus Garrett or even Devontae Graham with his ability now to pass the ball instead of being a scoring guard hey I mean you mentioned a name Marcus Garris a lot of players have certainly stepped up which I expected to see and I like seeing uh, obviously you do who came back from his injury and he's been a monster so far Sphere is finally shooting consistently, uh, which, you know, I mean, that's what he was at KU to do in the first place. Uh, Vic has stepped up, thankfully, as well. We expect this from Devontae. Uh, but, yeah, Marcus Garris, you know, he, I mean, he is showing that if you put as much defensive effort on the course as he does as a freshman, Bill Self is going to play a, yes, obviously, you know, depth is a problem right now, but he's getting very good minutes because if you watch him on defense, he's never out of position. He's always chasing a ball, um, you know, defending whoever has the ball. Um, it's really impressive to see, and I think he could be a Kansas Grace, you know, by the time he's a junior, senior. Sure. And do you think that if we're going into Final Four National Championship, the five minutes are left, who is on the court for you? Who's on court for me? If Billy, Pre- let's say Billy Preston is playing, say Billy Preston's playing and um, people having fouled out. Sure. So, yeah, you have Yudoka, obviously. I mean, it's him or Mitch. Um, I well, ideally, like Yudoka and Billy, they're probably going to be playing more centrally. Um, as for Gargs, Devonte, obviously. I mean, it really just depends who's hot at the moment. I mean, we don't have much to choose from. Obviously, I mean, Svi and Vic are being obvious too, but hopefully we've got uh, Sam Cunliffe coming in soon as well. I think he's eligible after the Arizona State game, actually. Um, who else would really be able to step up? Well, I mean, you look at the team, you've got Christy, Han, Clay Young, and Mitch Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want those guys on the court in a Final Four situation, let's be honest. Sure, so you said something funny there, that you said whoever's hot, and I agree with that. But I think we missed out on something. I think Marcus Garrett will be in. Because if you need, just because it's Final Four, you need someone. If you're going up against Arizona, let's say, and Alonzo Trier has the ball, mm-hmm. I don't want Devontae guarding him. I don't want Svee. I don't want LeGerald. I want Marcus Garrett guarding him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how he's going to get into the team. And as you said, it, it's all about him defensively. And I think that. If you get down into crunch time, there's nobody more that I want to be guarding the 
opposition's best guard mm -hmm. than Marcus Garrett. He's so long, and as you said, he's always active. He's never out of position. He never makes like that mental mistake that you see like someone like Sfi making, where he just turns off for a second and then there's a backdoor layup. That just doesn't happen. With yeah, him, which I really like. Yeah, we saw it against Kentucky as well. Um, I can't remember his name. Who's a player for Kentucky? He was a guard um, who went off against KU. Diallo? No. Um, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, thank you. Oh, he's ridiculous. Yes, um, and you had that matchup. It was Vic versus Knox. And that was, I predicted that would be a matchup going into the game, just position-wise and whatnot. But statistically looking at that game, Vic isn't, he's not the best defender, but he's not the worst. But, I mean, when you've got... When you've got a guy like Knox on the course, yeah, Vic can't handle him. So that's where you may want like a Marcus Garris out there. Yeah. Doing act offensive work. Yeah, and Kevin Knox is a lot like uh, Miles Bridges in the sense that they're both mm -hmm. kind of the same size. They're both, of course, can they're both going to be top ten picks in the NBA. Yeah. And I think that looking at Michigan State last year, we had Josh Jackson to guard Miles Bridges. I think this year you can't ask Sfi to defend someone like Bridges because athleticism there is just God, night and day yeah. difference. Mm -hmm. LeGerald is too tiny. Mm -hmm. Like, he's athletic and he's strong, but he Miles Bridges could just back down him, back him down every every yeah. play, and they would be able to score. So I think that that's why Marcus Garrett is important. And you mentioned Svee's consistent shooting. That's the first time he's really been consistent in his career mm -hmm. at Kansas. Do you think this is something that we're going to see all season, or are we going to see the typical Svee does really good in the preseason makes every before conference play, makes everyone think, oh, this is the year for him, and then through conference play, it just kind of degrades his play? I, I definitely think we'll see it. I actually wrote a column about this um for late night edition earlier this year before the season even starts how you know he came here as a freshman very young what 16, 17 and he was you know he was hailed as a three point shooter but his shot wasn't there at least in the American game mm -hmm. in Europe it was but competition it's is different. the same yeah yeah <clears throat> uh, so you know he came here as a freshman um didn't play that much, obviously. Sophomore year as well. Um, he was behind guys. Um, I mean, you've got Frank Mason, Devontae, who've been there for a couple of years now. Definitely. Uh, Josh Jackson, you had last year, was ahead of him too. Um, trying to think of a couple of other guards in the last few years. Um, ben McLemore would have been one. That was being his freshman year. Yeah, his freshman year. Yeah, I'm trying to think who was there his sophomore year. I think Two people forget, well, you think of that, I think people forget that Svi is only 19. Yeah. He's not turned 20 yet, and he's yeah, been he's here for four old. years, yeah. and I think that that is something that really, I think is going to show itself this year, that he is young, but he has experience for how young he is. And I think that's going to be really valuable mm -hmm. later in the season, and also it's going to help him in the draft later because uh, you hear all about all the four-year guys happened with Frank Mason as people assume because you went to college for four years that you're not as good. And I think that Frank now in the NBA is showing mm -hmm. that you can be good. And people like Malcolm Brogdon from Virginia, who was really good in college, and people were like, oh, but he's a four-year guy. He can't do it. Yeah. But I think Svi, I would love to see nothing more than for him to go off all season and make those shots like at the end of the first half against Toledo, mm -hmm. just at the buzzer, just – right in someone's eye, just pulls yeah. up on him. And that's something I want to see more from him. 
yeah, I mean, he's one of the stars and gogs now. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at before, where I kind of trailed off with other players. How, you know, he had guys in front of him. Now he is the main guy, basically. Um, him and Vic, you know, you've got your small forward shoes and gogs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and he's got no one in front of him. So, and so far, he's taking that opportunity and he's showing that he's learned from you know, playing with guys like Frank Mason, Devontae still now, Josh Jackson last year, and he's pulling it all together, really. Yeah, and do you think that for Kansas to win a national championship, who is the one player that needs to step up or continue to step up throughout the season? Who's like that? It's such a horrible term to say, but who's the X factor for this team? That's not, you know, who do you think, like Devontae or... We haven't mentioned him today. Don't know how, but Malik Newman. Sure. Uh, he's he slipped our attention this whole podcast. Uh, he has his coming out party, I guess, um, most recently against Toledo. Uh, I think he got, what, 19 points, something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with Malik Newman is he thinks he is a first-round draft pick, and he's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's his problem. He needs to be a little bit less selfish, a little bit more team-centered. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, if he wants to be on the course, making a big contribution, heading into those, you know, Elite Eight's Final Fours Championship game, and being a big part of KU's success, um, he's really going to have to be a little bit more team-centered rather than self-centered. Yeah, I agree. I think that he is a very talented isolation mm-hmm. player. Yeah. He has the talent. He, he can score by himself he can. I think that he just gets carried away with playing the Carmelo Anthony iso ball everybody get out of my way I'm going to mm-hmm. go one on one against this guy even though you're playing Toledo on a Tuesday mm-hmm. where you should be working on passing the ball more um, I think that defensively he can be a little bit of a liability he has the, a solid frame he's not a small guy yeah. and it's just I think it's effort based really for him and if he makes a concerted effort to be more of a team player I think that'll help a lot I think that when you look at, for instance, that 2008 team on who, on how they did it, mm-hmm. you had Sharon Collins, who is very much almost like a folk hero on campus. And yeah. now you have Devontae Graham kind of in that role. And then you had Mario Chalmers, who's kind of the NBA guard. You know, he's defensively sound. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you kind of get a Marcus Garrett or Malik Newman, and both of them. Malik Newman will play at some point in the NBA. I think that it's just a question mm-hmm. of when he leaves to go. Yeah. Um, and I think that with this team, I think they match up almost as well as that 2018 buzz, just top to bottom, just looking at the players and what they can do. And I really hope that no injuries happened as to where someone's out for most of this season and then everything gets messed up. Because as mm-hmm. you said, there's already a depth issue. And luckily, Cunliffe, will help but that's just another guard when really what we need is big men yeah and I get comparisons you were making as well to the 2008 team I'm just curious uh, I see a lot of comparisons with this team with um, the Villanova team that won two years ago too okay uh, extremely well balanced um, you know you've got five guys right now obviously it's early season but averaging like 16 points per game yeah uh, the passing is some of the best passing i've seen at ku and i mean i've only been here six years now um but even just looking back you know this this team was very sound 
uh, passing wise. Uh, I just see a lot of similarities between Gersinger building over team that one two years ago. Sure, I I like that comparison. You know, you have your. I, I like that. I think with you have like Josh Hart, mm-hmm. who's now in the NBA, who's more like the Devonte Graham. Then you have Archie Naco, who doesn't play professionally, but is was a solid player for them. I, I agree. I like clutch that comparison. Too. Yeah, exactly. Very clutch, and I I I think that this team is the best Kansas team we've seen in a long time. But the problem is, I think that competition too. Mm-hmm. At some point, in order to win a national championship, you have to play a Duke, a North Carolina, um, even a Kentucky. I guess this Kentucky team isn't as good as I think people really thought they were going to yeah. be. I'm not high. When Calipari has a group of really young guys, it's either they do really well and win the final or go to the final four like they did when they had um, Anthony Davis mm-hmm. or they go to the NIT tournament yeah. because and they have the – Exactly. Because they have no leadership whatsoever. Yeah. But who would you say – in the nation is the team that you just do not want to play team i don't want to play in the nation oh boy um so you have your duke your north carolina michigan state's up there too yeah you mentioned duke i mean watching that duke michigan state game um like a champions classic as well i mean both those teams uh, were heading shoulders above the KU Kentucky game in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, and obviously I was not a pretty game uh, Duke went on to win that game obviously um, but yeah Duke just looked really good right now you've got um, what is his name slipping my mind Marvin Bagley well obviously Marvin Bagley um, Trayvon Duvall senior um, oh Grayson Allen yeah, that. Grayson Allen. yeah Grayson yeah. Allen Whenever I think of Gracing Allen, I think of Game of Thrones. He looks just like um, one of the characters off there. So. Oh sure, and yeah. Um, Joffrey. Yep. Yeah. Oh I, my I was god. Jo- I was thinking Joffrey. I was like, no, it's, it's not Joffrey. No, that's <laughs> close. Oh my god, that's yeah. actually really similar. Yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they have a very solid team. They look. They've looked really good so far this season. Obviously, you've got Coach K, the good top of that, who's got a plethora of experience too. Sure. Then within the Big 12, then, you talked, or we saw recently, there was an article on the Kansan. Go read thekansan.com also. Great website. Um, It was a daily debate about who is the biggest threat to Kansas basketball. And I believe one was TCU and one was West Virginia. Baylor and West Virginia. Oh, was it Baylor and West Virginia? You mentioned TCU, and I think TCU should have been part of that argument. Um, West Virginia should obviously be there. I mean, yeah. There's a reason they got one vote to win the Big Twelve this season from Bill Self. Um, of course, humble. Yeah, you've got Javon. You've got well, you can't even vote for yourself yeah, either. Exactly. Uh, but you've got Javon Carter in the team. Um, you can never win in Morgantown. But yeah, I don't think Baylor should be in there really. No, they lost Jonathan Motley too, mm-hmm. who was incredible. Exactly. I I don't think Baylor Scott Drew's a. I I can't tell if Scott Drew's actually a good coach or not. It's like the eternal question and the eternal struggle struggle for Baylor fans. But I think that Baylor really shouldn't be. But w- what makes TCU so special after being really the kind of the laughing stock of the Big 12 basketball-wise for the past five years? Yeah, I mean, they've just uh, last year they hired um, Jamie Dixon from uh, Pittsburgh. Sorry. Um, but, I mean, he's a phenomenal coach. He graduated from TCU. 
obviously um, I think he was a assistant coach there for a short while before leaving as well but you look at TCU previously in Big 12 play before he arrived like when they joined what 2012 was it mm-hmm. and they had like a combined like nine wings or something in total and last season they won six games off the bat with Jamie Dixon yeah um, which is and they had a winning record overall through the whole you know, overall season um, but he's doing a really good job recruiting locally if you look at that team we have a lot of good Texas freshmen um, and I just really like his coaching style and I think that you know he could cause some waves with his TCU team this season yeah TCU now is actually I think they're 24th in the mm. nation I believe ranked and I, I think that TCU they're not really a threat to Kansas but I, they're one team that I will go out of my way to watch this season just to see how much improvement there's been. Because, I mean, if you remember last year, the first Big 12 game Kansas played over winter break was at TCU, and at halftime they were only up by like two or three. Mm-hmm. They ended up winning by seven or eight, I think. And I think that was kind of maybe TCU's, hey, guys, we're kind of here to yeah. here to mess around with you and here to stay. Then, I mean, when they came down Fieldhouse, it wasn't a game. But when we look at this Kansas team as a whole, the biggest thing we've talked about so far is depth. Mm-hmm. And with possibly Silvio D'Souza coming, yep. what would he bring to this team that it maybe doesn't have? Or what do you like about D'Souza's game? I mean, D'Souza, because, you know, he can plug in as an inside presence. Uh, you know, we talked about Sam Cunliffe, but D'Souza does come in, and Billy Preston is out. I mean, he's not... I don't think he would be as impactful as Preston you know, would have been. I mean, he's still a great player, don't get me wrong, and I think he will be in the future. Um, but, yeah, he can plug into that power forward position. Yeah. And <clears throat> provide a presence in the pink that isn't just Yudoka and Mitch Lightfoot if going at the same time. Sure, and I think for Yudoka, I guess, quick tangent, for as great he as he has been on the offensive end and really the defensive end blocking shots and just being a big person in general, do you think that rebounding is a problem with him? Yeah, oh yeah, it is. I mean, he's been, for the majority of the time, relying on Gerald and Devontae for defensive rebounds at least. And when you're getting to big tall play, you can't be doing that. I mean, you know... You, I mean, that's one of his responsibilities as a center. And a guy his size could be pulling down those rebounds. Um, but, you know, he's getting better. But he, he needs a couple of improvements, you know, just setting his feet a bit better, uh, timing his jump even. Um, but, you know, he's certainly showing the agility for it. Yeah. He's had some nice um, post moves on the offensive ends. And that's the thing is that he shows so much potential with it on the offensive end that he can go up and get rebounds. And I think that all too often this season, you look at the box score at the end of the game and you'll look at the rebound numbers and Devontae of seven, LeGerald usually gets six and Svi gets around seven. And then all of a sudden you get to Yudoka and you're expecting a, a 10 or a 12 and yeah. you see three. Yeah. Definitely. I think that that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. I do think that Bilsov will get on him about rebounding as we get in there. And I think that's why D'Souza would be such a big help mm-hmm. is because that's one thing that he's really good at is rebounding and offensive rebound specifically. I think that if 
D'Souza can come and if he is granted eligibility, which I don't see why he won't be able to, mm-hmm. especially if he legally graduates high school and is enrolled in classes, I don't see why he won't be able to come yeah. and play. I think that ha- adding D'Souza, if Billy Preston is able to play, will push Kansas over the edge into being one of those, oh, crap, we have to play Kansas this week. Mm-hmm. They can hit you. They can hit you with a Billy Preston at the three, D'Souza at the four, Yudok at the five. We're going to get every rebound type of lineup. And I think that he's kind of almost the X factor without even being on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with Gagne mentioning, you know, okay, you can hit you from anywhere. His points. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be a big thing heading into the Syracuse game as well. Maybe a little bit of a tangent, but uh, just moving on to Syracuse. Hey, obviously, Syracuse famous for the 2 3 zone mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. Um, which really ex- it gives KU two options, really, where they're going to play high post. Um, Yudoka's going to be a big factor in that, really. Maybe not on the scoring ends, but, you know, posting screens and whatnot for his teammates. And it's that, and try and work your way into the center or kick it out to someone like Svi or Vic who can shoot. Yeah. Um, where it'll be weakest, basically. So, and yeah, it's kind of striking from all corners. Sure, and I think that Yudoka, I think, if... Bill Self does decide to put either Yudoka on the baseline. It's really going to be important where he puts him. If he's on the baseline, then you can look for like lots of those backdoor lobs you see on occasion when it's just man defense. But if he puts him at the high post, I wouldn't be surprised if Yudoka could get five, six, seven assists just mm-hmm. from purely just he's so big and having someone come up, you can run just backdoor cuts and all sorts of yeah. action off of him. Mm-hmm. I think that where Yudoka plays in that game is going to be really important. I think how Kansas adapts to the screen or the screen, ha, huh? the zone will be very important too. Because you've seen Duke this year run zone most of the time because they are also very young. And the thing with very young teams is they don't exactly play good man defense because they're yeah. so young. And if you think about it, having a freshman go around and guard a Devontae who's a senior, been there for four years, he's four years older, four years stronger, that just seems to be a problem. So I think. I really will look into how Kansas plays against the zone because if they absolutely, you know, shit the bed and lose, then we, I think you'll see more teams try and play zone against Kansas. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen um, Syracuse's center as well. Um, he's a big dude. Pascal Chukwu, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, if anyone can match up to Yudoka, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, as you say, KU, if they dig lose, it may look like they can't, you know, fight and play against the zone. But I do think that <clears throat> if a team tries to play zone against KU and you don't have a guy as big as Chukwu mm-hmm. matching yeah. up against Yudoka, then KU may not struggle as much. Sure. I actually agree with that. I think that also, I think playing against a zone out of a team like Duke is a lot different also. I think that Bayheim has done an incredible job with the Syracuse team. That they aren't exactly the most talent rich that they've had, and they really haven't had a a, mm-hmm. a talent pool like they did when they had Carmelo Anthony back in what was it twenty twelve? Mm-hmm. Maybe no, not twenty twelve. Whenever that was, whenever yeah. they had Melo uh, years ago. But I think for this weekend, I think Kansas is going to get out fine. As for next weekend, next week's predictions, are you going to? For the 
next four games, we'll say. So they play Syracuse, Washington, Arizona State, Nebraska. Out of as out of those four games, are we expecting four zero? Yeah, I actually made a I had a hot take at the start of the season. Um, it was before the Kentucky game. I said if KU can win that game, they will go undefeated until at least um, West Virginia in Morgantown, mm-hmm. which is like Feb, I think. Yeah. Um, and even with how they're playing now, obviously the loss of Billy Preston, as we've mentioned, is big. But they've dealt with it so far. Yep. Um, I think West Virginia game is up here. Oh, yeah. West Virginia is 15th, the 15th so, of January. Wow, that's mm. so really it's a early. while, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd, I mean, if you scroll back up to the games you've got, obviously, is um, Syracuse, as we just mentioned, Washington. I think going back to Syracuse, actually, um, they're the best thing what people think. It's a young team, don't mm. get me wrong. Uh, but I, it's going to be a close game. I think I predicted in the paper to say 84 78. A little more high scoring. Yeah. That's what I went for. I think Sean Collins went for a 90 78 or something. Wow. Or 92 uh, 80. I think that's really high scoring. That's yeah. really that high scoring. Very, wow. High. Yeah. Um, but heading on, you've got Washington. Said, I mean, Sean Post too many troubles. Arizona's case will be a fun one, and then um, at Nebraska as well. At Nebraska, um, home to Omaha, and then Stanford in Sacramento. I will be there. You will. I cannot wait. Hey, go watch story for us. Go watch the Stanford Tree play Kansas in Sacramento. Frank Mason's new home. Mm-hmm. I know he'll be in attendance unless sure they have unless they have something. I'm pretty sure he'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, thank you so much for coming on, Sean. This is a blast. We will mm-hmm. continue to talk Kansas basketball throughout the season. Um, and, of course, thank you, as always. Thank you. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all music used in the making of this podcast.